You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn, and this is the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night, 9 p.m., in this case, 9-12, because we had a little party before, a draft party, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. I do it each and every week with my homeboy, Cody Lashney. How you doing, my friend? Tony Dunn, what's up, brother? It's another Tuesday night. There's nothing I love more than talking to some Carolina Panthers on a Tuesday night with the most lit Panther chat room on YouTube. Ken D, Tim Tizzy, Jeremy Clancy, Underground West. We got the whole crew, Jeff Hodge. We got some special guests that we're trying to have on tonight if the technology gods allows it to happen. And uh, Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. All right, let's go ahead and bring in our guests. Let's give it a shot. We'll see if it works. Bob Roscoe. Uh, all you know him better as Tacos and Slurpees on Twitter, and uh, you he is the host of the Not What You Think podcast, part of the Roaring Riot Network. We'll see if it connects. It says connecting. He can hear us. He can see us, but he can't speak to us at this point. He's not there yet. We're trying to make this happen. If it doesn't work on this time, we're sorry, Bob. We will hopefully get you there. It's not working, Cody. No, it's not working. He wants to know if he can call in, but the cat calls line doesn't quite mm. work that way. No. All right. Well, we'll work this out in the future. Tacos and Slurpees, I apologize for having this as a problem. You can use the mobile app on your phone. That would work, too. Yeah, if you well. wanted to try one more time on your phone, I could bring you in that way, too. But if it's tonight or next Tuesday, yeah, let's do it next week at this point, because I know he's probably frustrated. But if he wants to, I don't have any problem him coming on back. Now, um, Cody, tonight's show is episode 19.29. Uh, tonight's show title is what is tonight's show title? It's a good one. It's something like uh, 
smells like QB poo. (laughs) (laughs) QB two smells like QB poo is our show title uh, for tonight's show. And uh, after the Panthers second preseason game, I got to tell you this, Cody, I thought that we were going to be looking a lot better from all the reports we were hearing from camp. It was a stinker. The stinker started at the, the, you know, you got the, the rot starts at the head. The fish stinks at the head, I guess, something like that. And, boy, the quarterbacks were stinky. They were stinky. Yeah. They they did not uh, smell very good. Shout out to our longtime supporter and main man in the chat room, Underground West, for dropping the $5 love bomb. Thank you so much, sir. Your support is appreciated. We love you all. Dang. Way to go, fam. Way to keep with it. Thank you, Underground West, for – for joining the show, you can tell we've had a lot going on in the background. We're in Congress today instead of in our yeah. typical from Bank of America is uh, didn't have the right files at this point to get this loaded in the fantasy football league, organizing all that with my kids here. No mama in the house um, is it, it's been a, a juggling act to say the least. But all right. So tonight's show is the 29th episode since the Super Bowl. We are going to be talking, like I said, about the preseason game, kind of looking ahead towards New England, talking about some different things going on with the team and the organization, how we feel uh, about the team at this point. So um, we're going to get right into that. But before we do that, just go ahead and smash the thumbs up button, subscribe, tell a person about the show, tell one friend about the show, share the link to something, whether it be uh, the iTunes link, the YouTube link, something to that effect. That's how we grow one listener, one fan at a time, creating uh, a great community here. And it starts right there in the YouTube chat. It's fantastic. Donations already coming in. The chat is lit. And the cat calls line, guys, is going to be fun tonight. The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. You can call in and leave a message. Look, just like Josh bouncing in there. (laughs) <laughs> Josh from Mass coming in strong with $10. Thank you very much. Guys, you are so generous. It's going to keep this show going. It's going to keep growing this community. We thank you. All right, Cody, let's go ahead. Oh, I didn't even get to do it. Is that you guys have to see the um, Keep Pounding t-shirt. Remind me, I've got to do that at some point. We've got to show the keep pounding shirt. We'll do that a little bit, but we want to talk football at this point. Cody, preseason game. What the hell was the score? The score at the end of the day was what? I believe it was something like 20. 20. Yeah, something like 26 or 24 to 14. And it was all kind of a blur. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it was. Uh, it was not our 27 best 14. Man. It looks like it was 27 yeah. 14. Um, where are your initial thoughts after we watch this game? So, listen, my initial thoughts are kind of uh, there are two main points, and I know we're going to delve deeper into both of those a little bit. But, man, the, I mean, it's the title of our show, man. Quarterback 2 smells like quarterback poo. And, um, I mean, man, we have no depth behind Cam Newton. And I think one of the things that has always remained true for us is this season is going to go the way Cam Newton does. Um, I, you know, I liked Will Greer in college, but he hasn't been uh, very impressive in the preseason. Granted, a lot of players aren't impressive in the preseason, but then go on to ball out. Um, these things take time. 
But right now, uh, I definitely don't trust Kyle Allen, and I do not trust the quarterback that Will Greer is at the moment uh, to be able to come in and help this football team should Cam Newton go down. Uh, I also think that we have a problem uh, at the linebacker position, and shout out to you, Tony Dunn, because you did say this earlier, that the linebacker position, the inside linebacker position behind Luke and Shaq, I mean, we really, we don't have anybody there, man. We're uh, we uh, parading uh, Uncle Bernie out there uh, on stilts. It's It's not a good look. All right, my I think the initial thoughts after this preseason game, like I said, are I expected Cam uh, Carolina to be a little sharper, even without Cam out there, is that you have these three quarterbacks, Kyle Allen, Will Greer, who is a higher-end draft pick, th- you know, third round. That's a big deal for the Panthers, ultimately. And then you had Taylor Heineke, who I have always thought from the beginning was better than Kyle Allen. He looked better last year. Uh, they were always supposedly neck and neck, but t- Taylor Heineke knew North stuff more. I think he's just a little shorter is the problem. Yeah. Or maybe, I guess. But he's always, to me, been the favorite at that. So I've always been surprised that when Kyle Allen is picking out at the number one depth chart. So we knew that they were only going to be so good. For all those Cam haters out there, they want to believe that Cam is average or just above average. But you don't remember what it's not like not being Cam because you've got to. It's like kind of like if you dated a supermodel all your life or just hot chicks all your life. Yeah. You for you forget. You get spoiled. Spoiled is what I'm saying. Tell me about it, man. I know. I really so, know. Yeah, I know you. You've been there. I've been yeah. there too. Is that my wife is beautiful? So here, though, I, I think we knew that this was going to be part of the equation. I don't think we suspected here, though, that the drop off from the ones to the twos across the board at every position is so stark. And yeah. I think you see it. Not I think first the first instance is quarterback, but I'm with you linebackers this is a real issue because it i know everyone focuses on the qbs but i'm looking at those linebackers and i'm saying this cody if we lose luke or shack hell and that's banking on that shack is going to be as good as we think he is right if we yeah. lose anyone there the drop off is distinct it is i mean it's so noticeable. And you have heard Gerald McCoy and other guys talk about this system that they want to let the pass rush funnel through those four pass rushers on the front line through that, that three, four system with the outside linebacker. And they really want Shaq and Keekley running around playing instinctual football, reactive football, playing fast. And you can see that these guys behind them are having trouble doing that. Yeah, and so just so we're clear, everyone knows this. I mean, Luke Kikwe is the best linebacker in football. I mean, so any, anyone other than him, it's going to be a drop-off. Another uh, supermodel. You dated a supermodel all your life. Yeah, uh, so and then Shaq Thompson. I mean, listen, we've talked about this before. We have to decide what we're going to do with Shaq this year. Uh, either we're going to pay him or we're going to draft his replacement or potentially even both. Um, and you really don't know uh, at this point in the game uh, what it's going to be. It's down to what kind of season Shaq Thompson has. But, yeah, I mean, watching this preseason game, 
whenever the offense wanted to move the ball, uh, they would throw passes to the middle of the football field just because our linebackers couldn't cover and they couldn't man that position of the field. Um, I actually do think that our defensive line remained pretty fast. Um, you obviously didn't notice it as much in this preseason game as we did versus the Bears, but I'm um, I'm not uh, I'm not really uh, concerned about any other area of our defense more than I am the linebacker position. I mean, there really isn't anyone there. The guys that we drafted behind uh, Luke and Shaq, um, and I forget their names all the time, uh, Jermaine Carter and I believe what? Andre Smith, uh, and they're uh, you know they they just haven't stepped up. They haven't really proven themselves. Or, or shown themselves to uh, to be someone that is a, a reasonable backup. Uh, Jared Norris is another name that's been on our team for a long time. And right now it's just a bunch of who's them or what's, you know, not a lot of real talent. All right, a lot of good comments in the chat. We're about to get to them. Uh, my point on those linebackers to continue there, and I think uh, Greg in there, the, uh, the bat daddy, he said – you know, if you lose, if you don't have Shaq and Keekly on the squad, of course, there's there's going to be a big drop off. Like that's a big deal. Now I know that's a given for Keekly. It is sort of um, it's a it's a little. Uh, I don't know if you can actually say that about Shaq yet. And what I mean by that is that 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 position. I mean, he has been good. He's been yes. better than good. He's been, but he's. We don't really know a lot. But I agree. Those are our two starters. There should be a drop off. But you are also trying to prepare for life without one of them one day. You know, yeah. contractually, you're going to have to resign somebody soon. Keekley's contract is going to be fixed <clears throat> up on the board if it's not Cam's, and as well as Shaq is in his fifth year option. So. Either you're going to re-sign him or you're going to part ways. I'm starting to believe that our position it might be, unless he's really uh, very friendly in the contractual negotiations, which I don't know if, how much leverage he exactly has. I wonder um, how if he'll be team-friendly or not. I don't ever think a player should be team-friendly when it comes to money. But Jermaine Carter Jr. So you already know that that's coming up. So you kind of want to have a little horses in the stable. And maybe we're trying to do that with Andre Smith and the Jermaine Carter Jr. But Jermaine Carter Jr. either after watching that first series, either does not have very much lateral quickness, Cody, or he doesn't have enough experience in the game so he can't play sure. Yeah. And I do think that's a legitimate thing is that you know you guys you mentally have to be there even if you got the physical chops and if you don't have the physical chops you definitely need to be game speed up but and i'm not saying he's not smart enough i'm not saying that but sometimes you're just not ready that early to be reactive yeah you have to be able to command the defense and do what luke does and and call out the formations and where the play is going uh, at the line of scrimmage, just because we're moving to a 3-4, uh, more of a 3-4, doesn't mean that our linebackers don't have to do that. I also do want to at least bring this up because it kind of gets glossed over. It really wasn't fair that Shaq Thompson was drafted to be Thomas Davis's replacement, and then he doesn't leave until to- uh, Shaq Thompson's final year with the Panthers before he has to get another contract. Like, that wasn't that, That's never been his fault. 
Um, but at the same time, it, it just it is what it is. And now he's in the situation where uh, he has essentially one year to prove that he's worth the kind of money that he's going to ask for. My question to you, Tony, is like, what happens? And I know you and I don't think this is going to happen, but like, what if Shaq leads the team in tackles this year? Ooh, I would be happy, man. That's the first thing I'd like to say is I would be super happy because I've had this Shaq Thompson jersey sitting <laughs> since day one. Yeah. I've been wearing it and wearing it, wearing it, and uh, I want to believe all of it. He looks like a, he's at. Sometimes he looks like he's going to be the the second coming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No sometimes doubt. he just is unnoticeable, and uh, I don't know if it's fair. I don't know if fairness is part of the equation either. I understand that he didn't have the opportunities that number ones have had have had throughout. I think he's been a great team guy in this process. I think that yeah. he has uh, been very. I, I do think he's amped up his team guyness in the as he's gotten a little older and more comfortable. But I do think he knows that playing to the fan base in Carolina gets you extra bucks. Oh yeah. It's true. No and listen, man, pressure makes a diamond. I mean, you're in the situation where now you can play for the type of contract that you want. Uh, he already saw that Daryl Williams on offense, uh, his market wasn't what he thought it was going to be. So he ends up coming back for another one-year deal. Uh, maybe Shaq does the same thing, but it's definitely possible that we could re-sign him and potentially draft another linebacker uh, next year or something like that. All right, I think this is the way. I don't know what I want to happen if he leads the team in tackles, but I think the Panthers do have a choice, and that is yeah. they either have a choice of paying him in a moment where they think they can sneak a, a, a contract in between Keekley and Cam. You probably don't have a lot of defensive players coming up for money in the future, KK probably has another year or two. Poe is all going to be coming off the books. Uh, I heard people talking junk about Poe say he does not get any push uh, in, in watching that game. I think it was Pat Coltrane I saw, saw say that. I don't know if there's any big payers. Look, Mario Addison's going to go. So I think the real money on the defense is really going to only have to be allocated to Luke Keekley at this point. So if you feel like you can financially balance it, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But if they choose not to, I think they're forcing themselves to really invest some high draft capital next year in a linebacker, like yeah. potential first round pick again, because Keekly will be getting older. You mean at some point? And his I, contract is uh, coming up the year right after Cam. So he will be a Panther forever. They will pay. Yeah. Luke Keekly will be paid whatever it takes to stay a Panther. I don't think Tepper is dumb enough to let something like that walk out the door. I mean, unless unless injuries play the factor, then yeah, Luke is going to be a Carolina Panther from for now until forever. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely it's a position that needs addressing. And frankly, it's you know, uh, thank God Luke didn't have a concussion last year, and everyone has been calling him concussion prone. But he didn't have one last year, and if he's able to continue and have a healthy year, then awesome. But man, as soon as he goes down. There's just not a lot behind him. And in the past, whenever Luke has gone down, teams always exploit the middle of the field. Didn't matter if it was A.J. Klein, Jared Norris, David Mayo, whoever. Uh, they're not Luke, and they're not going to be. 
All right. So other, uh, I saw someone, maybe it was uh, Jake DeLome who said this earlier. Someone said that the offensive line did not look great in this game. Greg Little, um, they were saying was struggling there. And I, I I feel like, oh, you remember Ron Rivera got mad about the hands to the face quitting. No, it wasn't Quentin Williams. Who was it? The number one draft pick. He came from Clemson, I think, who is on Buffalo now. Oh, uh, no, def- no, 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 no. You mean uh, uh, Ed Oliver from Houston. Ed Oliver. Yeah, Ed Ooh, Oliver. Ed Oliver, yeah. Hands to the face on the center, right? And that, they, Rivera was upset about that. But again, I don't know how impressed is that these guys, Van Roten and Tyler Larson, truly are. Oh, and uh, I saw who was it? Tintizzi said we signed a linebacker. Yeah. After you know, so where are you at on the offensive line? And then we'll dovetail that into the running backs. So listen, man. I mean, uh, on the offensive line, and I've I've said this since before the preseason. I've said this since after the draft. The the right side of the line from the center to the right. I am more than good with man, uh, Moten, Trey Turner, uh, and and Matt Paradis. I mean that's that's fantastic. Uh, my the issue that I still have now uh, as of this moment is left guard and left tackle. Uh, Greg Little has kind of shown um, at least right now that he's not quite there yet. He's not ready yet. Now it doesn't mean that he doesn't pick this up quick and start to come on, but uh, as of right now. Daryl Williams is our left tackle, and I don't think they want to play Greg Little at guard. So uh, that means uh, Greg Van Roten is our left guard. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, There have been times when Greg Van Roten is a beast and is dominating people at the line of scrimmage and uh, doing his job. And then there are other times when uh, he's been a liability and he's been pushed back fairly easy, especially at the end of that uh, 2000, uh, at the end of last year. And uh, I think, did he play for us in 2017? Who's Uh, that? Sorry. uh, Van Roten. Yeah, I think, man, I feel like he's been on this team for a minute. Yeah, so it's like. He might have been practice squad that year. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not comfortable with the left side of that line right now. Uh, I'm not, I also want to make clear, I'm not writing off. Uh, Greg Little. I think Greg Little just needs more time to learn how to play the position, but he definitely needs more help on the down blocks. Uh, It is important to note Buffalo has really invested a ton on their defensive line, too, and their defense over the past year. No, they they absolutely have done just that. And and listen, it's hard to play left tackle in the NFL, let alone be a rookie and be competent at what you do. I mean, that's a hard thing to do. Um, he needs more time, and he's just not ready yet. And I don't know how good I feel about Daryl Williams playing left tackle. All right, yeah, and uh, so like, yeah, I I don't know. Is I don't feel terrible at the moment either. I don't know what to judge of Daryl Williams yet, and I don't know if we've seen very much. I need to go and count the snaps. I got to look at Daryl Williams more closely to draw judgment. I just don't really know. I think they've been putting Greg Little in a ton. And now there is some things concerning about that to me, and that is that Daryl Williams doesn't have a ton of experience, has any experience at left tackle. So I would like, I wonder what the reps he got in that game were. Uh, but you're right. It looks like he's the clear leader. I'm not panicking about the guards, the guard, the left guard. I'm not going to panic about it, but 
the the drop off there um, from there definitely that could be a weakness on the spot as well as the drop off from starters to backups is noticeable. Now going to the running game, Cody, we have not seen any Christian McCaffrey. I think in the preseason, nor do I care to. The the names on this list is that first you wrote here Elijah Holyfield, Jordan Scarlett, and Reggie Bonifon. Yeah. Where is Cameron Artis Payne up here? The most impressive preseason oh, man oh, ever okay. existed. That's, that's what we need to talk about, man. There's a lot of people uh, having discussion about the running back depth uh, on our team right now and who's going to make the team and how many running backs do you roll with. But um, before we do that, we're actually going to bring in our buddy, if this works, pray to the technology gods, uh, the Bat Daddy, as he's known on YouTube and on Twitter. Uh, we're going to see if, uh, if, uh, if we can get this to work and, uh, hopefully this does work, but I do want to remind you guys, this is a podcast for the fans by the fans. You can join us anytime you want to on Shindig and, um, you know, hopefully, uh, if it works for us, uh, you'll be able to join us and come chill. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why we're having so many problems. We didn't have any problems getting in tonight and they're in there. And then on top of that as well, just make sure this, if you're using a browser, you got to use your Chrome browser. You got to make sure you're, uh, and that's it. And connecting, connecting the death connection tonight. Yeah, I know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's something in the portal. I don't know. Uh, Okay. So going back. Come back in. And then if that don't work, we'll, we'll have to do it a different time, man. You just have to look at our beautiful faces now. Um, and Cody told me he was going to do this with no pants on the show. Like they I mean, do. And I mean, what you, can't, you, know? you can't prove that I'm wearing pants right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, dog, don't make, don't make me back up. Um, as, okay. So where you, let's talk about this. Yeah. Running, man, backs running, running backs, running backs. Um, you want me to start or you want to? You want yeah. to Tell me what the conversation is right now about running backs. So, listen, man, uh, I think Jordan Scarlett is a special runner. I mean, uh, if, if, um, we saw him for the first you, time, right? Yeah, we saw him for the first time. And uh, I see the same kind of thing from him that I saw in his college film. And man, he just has that wiggle and that vision. He's a tough runner, he doesn't go down. Um, and I noticed it's not really that he's bigger or stronger than, say, someone like Elijah Holyfield, um, but it's a balance issue for them. He has an incredible sense of balance, and and when you hit him, uh, he just doesn't go down, man. Jordan Scarlett has that Alvin Kamara kind of shiftiness to him. I don't know how else to put it um, or what better words to use. So, I mean, I imagine a scenario with him behind – Christian McCaffrey, and man, that could be a powerful, dynamic one-two punch uh, that we haven't let, had since the likes of Jonathan Stewart and uh, he who shall not be named anymore. So, um, and then a lot of people were very high on Reggie Bonifon. Uh There was a lot of good stuff for, from him as well. Uh, I don't know, man. I just think Jordan. So, uh, what has this got to do with my man Cap? Tell me that first. Nothing, man, because you and I both know his ass ain't going to play a lot this year. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If you're the Panthers front office, if you're Marty Herney, are you going to take a more expensive, more uh, worn-out, 
or more, uh, you know, the treads have been worn down on that player more than any other uh, running back on your roster. Um, he's more expensive. Uh, you have cheaper, cheaper options already on the roster that have been generating a lot of excitement. Um, so I don't know. Do you really think that he makes the cut? Which one again? Sorry, my wife walked in. Cameron or the fan? Do you? Actually yeah. Think? Okay. So yeah, is that all right? So I was thinking about this, and and there was a big discussion after this in the first game as well. And as soon as the second game started up. Uh, Cameron Artis Payne again comes to the focus, and maybe it's just like Twitter knows that I'm interested in Cameron Artis Payne. So anytime his name, like the four people in the universe talking about him, Twitter yeah. re- ten, recommends it. Ten Tizzy and Josh from Ash say uh, send Cap to Buffalo. <laughs> so would be, that is mind. a reasonable, reasonable plan at this point. Now, um, Thank you. What up, what up? Hey, Miranda <laughs> says You're hello. only a beer bitch. Oh, <laughs> yay. She's hey, fired up. She must have had a good meeting. She must have had a good meeting. Okay. She, she said it, not you. I think Cameron Artis Payne makes this team no matter what. All right? And the reason I believe that is, is we have seen that this team, that they're all in on Christian McCaffrey. All in on Christian McCaffrey all the time. And that if if there is going to be any backup usage, they better know how to pass protect. Now, that's not yeah. Cam's greatest strength, Cap's greatest strength, but um, I, I don't know if they would entrust so much to a rookie that quickly. They have definitely shown reservations of that in the past. So I think he makes it. Maybe I'm biased. Now, moving on to the other three, comments on Holyfield versus Scarlett versus Bonifant. All I could tell you is this, is I don't think we need a thumper like Holyfield necessarily. Like, I think we could get by with Cam being enough with a potentially cap running between the tackles on a goal line, or you bring in Alex Arma on a goal line. So I don't think having a goal line back is a requirement. But I think that's where his benefit is. Jordan Scarlett looks the most like a running back to me. Like yeah. a traditional running back. And not a traditional running back, but a guy that his body type looks like a running back. Like you said, the vision, the cuts, the fluidity in that way. Now, Bonovan, I like because I've always kind of enjoyed uh, – he reminds me of a Matt Forte runner. A little more up-tall runner, uh, smooth, like a – not, you know, not. And so that's what I would just say. He's a little stand up runner. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Jeremy Hill from the Cincinnati Bengals before. Joshua <sighs> Matt says Cap's greatest strength is getting three touches a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is his greatest strength. Um, and, oh, look, my beer exploded. Um, on, She shook it up on top of that. Way to go, Miranda. She's mad. But Tintizzi says that's a good wife uh, that brings yeah, some beer. Yes, she is. She is. She's great. <laughs> She's good looking too. So I don't yeah, know. I think let's let's I tricked her early. Yeah, okay. Teach tricked me. her when she was young and she didn't know that she was beautiful yet. Okay. Uh, teach, on teach, teach me the tricks. Okay. Um the other thing is so I think the way to answer this question is which one of these guys do you put on the practice squad and they get poached no matter what? Uh, probably Holyfield. Uh, I mean, listen, man, everyone. Really? Knocks, uh, you think if you put Scarlett and Holyfield on 
That... Oh, you mean? No, I thought you meant like if if you had to put one of them on our practice squad, and, no. uh, and like, which one would then get poached? No, yeah, I know. Listen, Scarlett was drafted for a reason over Holyfield. I mean, Holyfield. Uh, I love this tape from Georgia. I think that is uh, a lot more agile than he gets credit for. I just, I don't know, man. Jordan Scarlett, he ran like a four, four, seven. He's shifty, good vision. Yeah, Jordan. Seven? Yeah, he ran. Dude, that's fast. What are you talking about? Four, seven is not fast. No, four, four, seven. Oh, oh. I was like, I I thought that's what Holyfield ran. No, no, Holyfield ran a four, eight. (laughs) So, yeah, that's actually. Yeah, I mean, listen, I get it, um, but he's not a fast guy. You're not going to play him as that guy. Um, and uh, someone brought up a good point. Um, uh, and we still have uh, Alex Arma on the roster, uh, even though we're mainly going to play him as a fullback position. But, um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. There just There isn't enough room for everyone, and I would personally love Jordan Scarlett to be the number two behind uh, McCaffrey. We draft more- him in, like, the fourth – uh, fourth round. He has yeah, more you can talent. put a fourth rounder on the practice squad. No, He's going to make the team. And he has more talent than Cameron Artis Payne. I mean, okay. he just does. He just well, does. It would be a bold move to go into the season with um, Christian McCaffrey, who is going to be used so much. He really is one moment yeah. away from an injury. Just because, and when I say that is, look, it's not that I think he's in, he's obviously not injury prone. He's very durable. At this point, there shouldn't be concerns with that. But when you, the volume, the volume of plays yeah. just makes it so that there's more opportunity. And in that case, you have to be prepared. And I think it's kind of like the issue of what's going to be the bigger drop off between one and two. Maybe we do. Maybe we just get bold and we need somebody on the defense. And we say Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Scarlett, and if it doesn't work and somebody did get hurt, we needed somebody more, you know, experienced, then we go pick somebody up. I mean, who do you a agent that doesn't have a job that you could you could bring back CJ Anderson essentially? How, well, many, not him. how many running backs do you think we're gonna roll with? Three? Two? Yeah, I don't think you can. I think you're going to have to have. I think the most you're going to have is the most, the very maximum would be McCaffrey, um, Cameron Artis Payne, one of the three, and Arma. Oh. So, yeah. yeah. So, what, the most. That's what, Lynn, that, that's what Lynn said on YouTube. So, CMC, Scarlet, and Cap. And yeah, I think right now that seems probably like the most. Uh, and, and you can justify it by having Alex Arma at a different position at fullback. So then that's basically like another one. Uh, and you put Holyfield on the practice squad and let him. Yeah, I think that's likely what's going to happen. I think the biggest surprise would be Cap getting cut and then you only keeping Arma, Scarlet, and McCaffrey. I think that would be a yeah. bold move. Now, yeah. let's go back this because our 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 conversation is truly circled on one central component at this point, and it comes back to this offense. We've kind of been peeking at the offensive line, the running backs, going back to those quarterbacks. The question right now, Cody, and I know that what your answer to this is, but Will Greer, third-round pick, 
for the Carolina Panthers. First, I think this tell, uh, tells us that how much of a project a third-round quarterback is in the NFL. Ask the yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers. Ask the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've drafted a quarterback in the third round or fourth round every year for like the last three years, and none of them are doing anything in the league at this point. Are you ready to criticize? I think after this game, I'm ready to more lean towards your position about Will Greer in the draft. Why? Yeah, that we should have taken yeah. another, another position. That he took him. That we took him too high, and that we, sh- you know, that we should have taken another position there. And now, do you have any concerns about Will Greer? Period. I try and be rational. He's played two preseason football games. He's looked uh, bad. Mean, He's I mean, a big six on his second play. Listen, John Elway, Peyton Manning, we're talking about guys that are Hall of Fame quarterbacks and their first year in the NFL, they were terrible. I mean, Jared Goff was terrible. And then he was in the MVP race, you know, throwing a bunch of touchdowns in, in New England. Um I don't want to sell the boat on him, but it, it kind of is what I thought he is. You're going to draft a quarterback that isn't ready to play uh, meaningful snaps in the NFL. You already have a quarterback on the team, Kyle Allen, who even though he didn't play well, he had a year of experience under his belt. He already has a lot of talent. And Taylor Heineke looked better than the two guys in front of him. So Allen and Heineke, I just – I don't know why it was so necessary to grab a, yet another quarterback uh, that really isn't going to help us uh, if if Cam Newton goes down this season. And it just it the song remains the same. If Cam Newton is not healthy to play football, then our season's done, man. It's over. Um, so I mean that's that's about uh, as far as it goes. Um, do I think that? He is uh I don't have concerns about him because like I said, it's too early. But I'm I'm not happy with it as of right now. It could have been another starter on offense or defense. Um all right. Let me make sure where we're at here. Do you think is this the wor- is he the worst move that Harney's done? Uh the worst move <sighs> so far is this the worst of Herney? I mean, I, I I don't know. It's not the, but like I said, I said this during the uh, as soon as we previewed uh, talking about Will Greer. Man, this doesn't seem like a David Tepper pick or, or like a Marty Herney pick. It's a David Tepper pick. David Tepper wants to know that if Cam Newton isn't able to go, that there's another reliable backup quarterback to be able to take his place. The problem is, is you're, it's so hard to depend on a rookie quarterback to be able to come in and lead your team to the promised land. I mean, it's not like we have another Nick Foles or, or whatever. Yeah. It's not not that kind of player now. Uh, not level. yet. Not yet. Might be one day. Might be better. I think you're right. Is look, the YouTube chat might as well just run the show. First of all, hey, Lynn said, Don't don't yeah, you're right. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. She agrees he's a giant project. Too early to tell. I think other people are saying this is it was Jeff Hodge said Marty's only offseason gaff was drafting Greer. 
And if anything, I, I'm kind of with that is like, this is probably the most, the questionable, like he's been p- perfect almost as a GM to this point, at least in the way that fans have saw seen it, what we think is good for, for that type of thing. So we do understand like that. It's not even a worse pick. Now, I think that Greer may have gone a little too high, might be a pro- might be problematic, but not really overly concerned with it as of yet. Um, but for people also that think that he was going to be a, a guy that could come in and help is not going. It's not we're not yet, there yet. So Cody, two weeks ago, I said I wish that we didn't have to keep a Kyle Allen or a, or a Heineke. I may have even said it last week that it's Cam Newton, as like Tim Tizzy has pointed out in the chat, it's always been Cam Newton or bust, as Lynn supported. If Cam goes down, Ron Rivera goes down this um, this season. And so, he should. Every, everyone's ass should be on the line this season. You and I have talked about how good the defense is, um, how improved the offense is. Uh, everyone's ass should be on the line this season. Kearney, Rivera, I mean, everyone. We have too many talented players on this team to have another year of mediocrity, in my own humble opinion. And I was already calling for Ron Rivera's head. Uh, like I said, I'm still willing to give him another chance and uh, to prove that he's the, the coach for the football team uh, going into the future. But now it's his year to prove it. Uh, you have no job security after this year, in my opinion, if you fail to make the playoffs. I think most people would agree. Um, but yeah, man, that's, uh, that's it. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not happy with the whole backup quarterback situation, but now the question goes, should you worry? I mean, not worry, but here, my, uh, what team has a great backup quarterback? Uh, the Saints. Sadly enough, I think the Saints have uh, two good ones. What, Bridgewater? Uh, Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Taysom Hill, old fast-ass white boy. He's not going to be – he's not be- good. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, okay. That Mormon boy, put a white shirt on him and send him on a mission trip. <laughs> I tell um, you what, right. though, man, he's fast as hell. I'll never take that away from him. Let me tell you this. If the starting quarterback for the Colts went down, who was Eric? uh, Oh, wait. He is down. His name is Andrew Luck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I want to ask you this. I guess my point that I thought about or what I've been considering is in what, what team in the league really has a backup that if it's if their QB goes down that they can be competitive right and now if you have a crazy defense a crazy defense I understand that but for instance Jacoby Brissett is the Colts backup he's listed as a tier one backup starter right uh now the Colts don't have a defense and enough and Brissett isn't good enough where if luck isn't playing, they are not playoff bound. They're not really. We don't have any faith in it. Chargers, if Phillip Rivers goes down, I think Tyrod Taylor, and he's one of those guys and I kept saying would be interesting for Carolina. Tyrod Taylor, how do you think that? Do, can Tyrod Taylor take the Carolina Panthers if Cam Newton was able to go down and win three or four games or win out the final eight and even get you into the playoffs? 
Fuck no, man. Pardon my French, but that's no. that's what it is. No, do you? Right. Do so you then, honestly think Tyron Taylor would, would make this offense wrong? I think he would be the only one on this list so far that would have a chance. I don't think he's way better. He would be. So if you don't think he could, then we're really not in that bad of a space. All right, Teddy Bridgewater, you think yes. I, I like Bridgewater better than I do Tyrod Taylor. And he has the uh, connection with um, uh, North Turner already. Cause they what were about together Nick in Mullins, 49ers? I don't even know who that is. Uh, so that's a no. He's okay. He's not bad, but whatever. All right, here's another no for me. Ryan Tannehill, Titans. These are the best backup quarterbacks in the league. But, okay, see, in my mind, Ryan Tannehill was always a backup-level quarterback. So in my mind, like, yeah, Tannehill could probably win you a game. He's two, awful, but... though. He sucks. Well, he can't okay, but... throw the ball forward. Yeah, but a lot of people would say that about Derek Anderson, too. And he he was sucked, too. Oh, he okay. sucked, too. And everybody always acted like he was great. You know why? Because you didn't have to watch him play. And that yeah. he was a guy that looked – he was – here's the thing is he just was a starter in the past. By that – by the he may have been the first two years with Carolina. Only the first two years legitimately a guy who you could say could maybe start on another team. But people kept that rolling way too long in Carolina. Yeah, I always like the other dude better. Who was it? Joe Webb. Oh yeah, Joe Webb. And by the way, Joe Webb is still balling out with the uh, with the Houston Texans. Listen, man, I wanted Joe. I I I wish we would never gotten rid of Joe Webb because I think that Joe Webb had the arm talent and the the mobility to play uh, the position in the way that that we kind of do. With, that's Tyrod with, Taylor, baby. And, okay, okay but, going, I mean, but hey, I, listen, if we have Tyrod. T- I want Tyrod Taylor as the backup more than I do uh, uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen and, and Will Greer, yeah. But we're talking about who would do the Nick Foles thing. Come okay, in right, let's keep going. To win because, the Super Bowl, like, you know. I'm trying to work towards – Jake DeLome knows what I'm trying to work towards. You've already mentioned it in the show notes. Case Keenum. There you go. There's a that that's a good backup, but Washington yeah. only paid him like eight million bucks. Or you know yeah. what I'm saying? They had to buy actually I think Detroit paid to tell him to leave. Uh yeah. next, Broncos, Drew Locke. Wasn't he like a number one draft pick? No, he was a round uh second round draft pick. A lot of people had him uh in the first round. But yeah, that's another player that you need to develop. That guy has all the tools to be a franchise quarterback, huge arm. I mean, the dude has all the stuff. He just needs time running an NFL offense. But it'd be the same thing as having Kyle Allen or Will Greer. Dolphins, uh, Bat Daddy says we either have um, a starter or Josh Rosen. <laughs> Wait, no, Fitz. So he, said, he, said, he said the Dolphins will either have Fitz or, or Rosen as starter and backup. Decent depth in there. <laughs> Yeah, there are too many teams in the NFL. Uh, I want to run down all of them real quick because I don't think there are any. How about this? Brett Hundley, Cardinals. No. Maybe. No? Okay. Matt Barkley, Bills. We saw him. No. I'm going to say no. Chase Daniel, Bears. Probably not. Drew Stanton, Browns. A.J. McCarron, Texans. Chad Henney, Chiefs. Brian Hoyer, Patriots. Way too old. This is just saving your breath, man. Trevor Sim- Simeon, the Jets, Tom Savage, the Lions, 
uh, Matt Schaub, Robert Griffin the Third, Falcons, Ravens, and now here we get to. I bet you Rams got the best one in Blake Bortles. You think Blake Bortles is better than Tannehill? Yes. Okay. All right. I think. So. <laughs> okay. I think. Uh, what about Mike Glennon, the Raiders? He stinks. Blaine Gabbert, he's the worst. Also, just a reminder, people thought that, um, in fact, people that worked in NFL front offices by the name of Charlie Casserole, or some people call him Casserole or whatever, he thought that Blaine Gabbert should be drafted ahead of Cam Newton. Dumbass. He can't even be a backup quarterback for a team that has Jameis Winston as the starter. Will Greer as the Panthers backup. Gardner Minshew for the Jaguars. That might actually be better than people give him credit for. Nate Sunfeld, Joshua Dobbs. I actually like Josh Dobbs better than the other ones are just hard to work with. Paxton Lynch, Sean Man- Marion, Jeff Driscoll, Cooper Rush. They're terrible. Uh, so my so point I, being I, is if any starter goes down, Cody, in the league, more than likely their whole team goes down. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, listen, that's how it goes, man. You lose your starting quarterback. That's why it's the most important position of football. That's why it's the highest paid position of football. I mean, they are the the leader, the commander general of the football team. If you don't have a franchise quarterback, you're dead on arrival. And uh, situations like Philly was in, I'm willing to bet that's a a once-in-a-lifetime thing, that a backup quarterback ever wins the Super Bowl like that. I mean, come on. And then – um. And I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but are we going to That's say Voldemort? That's where we're leading it to. I was about to say, are we going to say the name Voldemort on this podcast? Or, or what, what, what are we doing, man? Like, uh, I mean, listen, everybody we knows. Say it. Everybody we got to say it is that people have immediately asked after that get showing from the backup quarterbacks. I understand fans asking it. I was a little surprised that the reporters, but they're smart. They know what gets listens and views or whatever, but they were asking Ed Reed, not Ed Reed, Ed Reed, Eric Reed. Wish we had Ed Reed on the team, even as old as. Um, What about Colin Kaepernick? So listen, I want to, I mean, did you have something you want to say first? No, I talk so much. You talk first. I do. I'll always talk. But Listen, I, I just want everyone to understand. I don't feel as strongly about the whole situation as I know others do. So for That's me, a good point. Great so point. For me, so for me, this comes down to, to just football. I understand that uh, what Colin Kaepernick did to some people, it's a non-starter. And I understand that, and I'm not here to talk about it. Um, what I am going to say is from a football perspective, I'm looking at it like this. Do you want to spend extra money that could be used on other positions if what you just said is true? If no other team has a quarterback that is prepared to go in and win the Super Bowl uh, behind their starter, if that guy doesn't exist on any roster in the NFL, then why is it such a pressing thing for us to have to do? It's an entirely different question if Cam Newton goes down. Like if he is a hundred percent injured and 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 Kyle Allen is shitting the bed, I don't know, man. I, it depends on what kind of season we have. I don't know what kind of football shape he's in. I don't know if he's ready to play. Um, a, a lot of people think that he doesn't want to play football. That he just wants to 
kind of play the victim and play this and that. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know the, the guy. I do know this. I'd be much more comfortable with him as the backup quarterback purely from a player football perspective than either of the two dweebs that we have on our team right now. Um, and three again, dweeb. Three yeah, dweebs. Three yeah, three of them. So, <laughs> from, from a football perspective. Tweedle D, dumb, and dumber. From a football perspective, I'd love to have him, but I don't know how much money you would pay him, and I don't know if that's even worth it. All right, my thoughts. I think when uh, your point this is that the subject of Colin Kaepernick and what he means to American culture at this moment does not, sadly, cannot mean as much to people who are white than are of minorities. And it's not that, and, and don't take that offense to this, folks. What I mean by that is this, is that you know that if you're a white person, you can't fully understand what it means to be black. You can do thought exercises. You can do all these things. But at the same time, there is some sort of experiential knowledge there. So what I would say is just because I'm saying it doesn't mean as much to white people doesn't mean that it should mean less, period. What I'm just saying is, is that obviously there's a social component to this. Yeah that that exists and 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 we're actually trying to honor that by saying that or at least I am now like you said i think it comes to money and one of the things that i've always heard about cap was that he was not interested because he came with the social issue part taking a pay cut yeah. right is that that that's the whole freaking point folks is that I should not be paid less because you do not like my political positions. And I actually think that's a great point. I don't think we have the funds to allocate to what he probably feel he deserves. And I don't want to also insult somebody by giving them like the minimum just to get them in the league and saying, well, we're the team that does that because Eric Reed, look at Eric Reed. But there are some other concerns, Cody, is that ultimately he and and the bat that he says this is my problem with Cap is the unknown. We haven't seen him in forever. When we did see him, he was battling with injury and struggling and not doing well. So is is I don't think it would be a lock if you brought him in. Right. So say all of this goes the way what we're planning, like or what we're doomsday planning for and things do go bad, say we did have Cap on the team, would you expect him to come in and be the Kaepernick of 2012 in the NFC championship game? No. The internet might desperately want to believe that. But right. No, you don't, exactly. You don't, you don't just take two or three years, however long it's been, off of football and then come back and then start and win football games in the NFL. Yeah, man. I mean, also you weren't paid in Peyton Manning or Randall Cunningham or Warren Moon, just so I don't use only white quarterback references. Like you weren't that guy to start with. We never saw you. Not that you couldn't have been that. And that's what the bad daddy is saying. We're not saying I'm not saying he can't be good or even great. We just haven't seen it in a long time. And to out, I don't know how much you could give to that. So. 
I don't think it would really happen. Yeah, uh, no, I don't. I don't think so either. And then you know, it just goes back to what you said. Um, you know, if 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 no other team has a a legitimate go all the way back up in in the NFL, I mean, listen, we're gonna see in Jacksonville this year. Can Nick Foles actually lead a team? No, to- he's not. He's yeah, not. But- I promise you, he won't. So right. So I mean, listen, and and okay, this is my honest opinion. If he was willing to come here for a reasonable contract, then yeah, man, let him compete for the spot. I'm 100% down for it. Let let him show that he still has the ability and the potential to do it. Like I said, this is not a, a issue that's near and dear to my heart. So I mean, if if he's gonna help us win a football game or two, then yeah, maybe. But listen, I mean, if, I, I'm a Cam Newton lover. I'm the number one Cam Newton defender. You and I. We'll go to great lengths to defend Cam Newton. Uh, I don't know if I even – how would you even feel in the scenario where your backup won the Super Bowl? Like if the Panthers won the, the Super Bowl with Cam Newton on the roster and he wasn't playing, dude, my fucking heart would be broken. And that's just real talk, man. So Wait a minute. Last week you, you came out and said, fuck that, when we were talking about – Cam Newton, another MVP, but we didn't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I get that. But you're right. Is Lynn pointed this out. I've always said this. Colin Kaepernick is my modern uh, Michael Vick. All right. I didn't like Colin Kaepernick to start. And it was because he came here in that playoff game and mocked Cam in that celebration where he did the button-up Superman dance. And I was like, boy, you poking fun. You trying to go after my Cam. Do not get after my Cam. You know, I'm Mama Bear when it comes to Cam. So I didn't like him for that. It wasn't the political protest part that was problematic for me. So now that he... Like I, I like him more now than I did before. Mike Vick was the same way. I hated him when he was the Falcons with the Falcons, and then everybody turned on him when he would because of the dog fighting mess. But when he went to the Eagles, I started to feel bad for him. I started pulling for the guy, feeling bad that people he went to prison and stuff. And people weren't forgiving him. Yeah. Now I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think if it did happen, it would change the trajectory of the Panthers tremendously. And I'm with you, Cody. There is really nothing worse. The most bittersweet moment in the world would be Cam Newton being on the roster, but not being the guy that was the NFL, the Super Bowl MVP. Imagine Taylor Heineke winning the Super Bowl. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) What would you do? What would you, I mean, like, really, you would kind of look like, I mean, it would just be in a state of shock. Yeah, I mean, it's the most bitter of bittersweet. So silly. It's a silly idea. We're not talking about it anymore. No, let's move on to some cat calls. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, let's jump into the cat calls. Hey, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Thank you all for everyone in the chat room, your donations tonight, most importantly, your conversation. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. There's 42 people watching right now, only 16 thumbs up. Come on, guys. Guilt trip, guilt trip, guilt trip. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. On top of that, that little share icon, you could even share it on Twitter right now. That would be cool. Or Facebook or wherever you hang out. Or you tell your grandma about it. You tell your nephew about it. Tell them about the cat calls line. The number is 
228-5098. Let's see what we got tonight, uh, Cody, because don't forget, we got to do Gerald McCoy after the cat calls. Uh, so what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels two, good. Like and a three and a four and a four. Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Hey, C3 is Nova Black. Um, Nova Black. I was telling about uh, the game, the preseason game in Buffalo. I went up there, you know, I watched the game. I was kind of... uh underwhelmed with the quarterback play, but the running back play, I really enjoyed that. Um, Jordan, what, Jordan Scarlett, man, let me tell you, I like that dude. I like the way he plays. I like his hands. I like the way he comes out of the backfield and catch. I like the way he runs between the tackles, outside the tackles. Um, I think, uh, he's just got a, uh, Get more confident, get more playing time. I think I might like him a little bit better than Holyfield. He, he seems a little bit more speedy and agile than Holyfield, but Holyfield seemed to pack a little more punch than him. Um, yeah. Reggie Bonifon, I kind of like him. He, he played pretty good, really good, actually. Um, kids seem to be able to find his way north, but you know, between a bunch of guys, every single time we got the ball in his hands. Well, but I don't I don't think he's gonna make the team. Anyway, uh overall, eh, it's a preseason, you know. Like like uh Gerald McCoy said, it's glorified practice, but it matters. And I'm looking forward to I started playing New England because you you guys know that yeah. Cam Newton and Tom Brady are both very competitive, so they gonna come out serious business, even though it's the preseason. Everybody wants to beat the Patriots. The Patriots, I don't think they ever beat us in the preseason. So, you know, they, Tom Brady might want to, you know, say, ah, I finally got that one up on Cam Newton. Hell, <laughs> I don't even think they ever beat us in the regular season either. But anyway, you guys keep pounding. What are y'all thoughts on that about uh, uh the next preseason game when the starters play against New England? Y'all think it's going to be a good game? You think they're going to actually scheme for this game? What are your thoughts on it? Have y'all have a great day, great night. Keep pounding. Hopefully, I'm up to see the see the dag on the show. Get him, Cody. Nova Black. I love this. We all love Nova Black. He's the uh, best. And he always hits the nail on the head too, man. He sees a lot of the things in Jordan Scarlett that I do. I mean, I really do think that. Uh, and I'm I'm not just talking about Scarlett as like a a backup kind of player. I mean, this guy could uh, fill out a one-two punch. I mean, Jordan Scarlett really has great vision, maneuverability. Um, I, I'm loving me some Jordan Scarlett. I hope we get to see more of him. I hope the offensive line helps him out more. Uh, but I know one thing, uh, Tom Brady has damn sure never beaten a Cam Newton-led Panthers uh, in the two times that they played during the season. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, we need to talk about this, Tony. That's why we do the cat calls because they kind of dictate the things that we talk about. Uh, we're going to play our starters, Cam Newton, all the first team, all the starters. They're going to get some good reps. Um, uh, Luke is playing. Cam is playing. Are, what, what's your mindset on this? Are, are you uh, 
on teams, you know, knock some of the rust off, let your first team get out there uh, and play some ball? Or do you even risk it? Do you go into the season opener cold? I think Cam Newton broke a rib in a preseason game once. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was when he flipped his truck. <laughs> but, no, that was his back. But I think he broke a rib in a preseason game, which why he had to wear the flap jacket or something one year. Yeah. So I think this is that if the Panthers are going to play their starters, I'm opposed to it. I, I think that they shouldn't play him for a single rep. But I also don't think the preseason is very meaningful at all. I do understand going against a different team could really, like you said, give you a game time experience. So I think it should be limited. If I was the coach, what I would do is I'd play Cam Newton for the first quarter of this game. I'd play all the starters for the first quarter. If you like what you saw from it, that's it. Over. It's all over for the preseason at that point. If you didn't like what you saw, then maybe you got to consider, do you play a little bit into the second quarter? Do you play – maybe a snap or two in the fourth game. I don't know. I know that Ron Rivera in the past one time didn't like played his starters into the second half of the game three one time. And, of course, uh, just yesterday I had a bunch of clips on my computer and I cleared all that shit out. I had clips from last year, from the preseason, uh, during the season. I got rid of so much shit. But do you remember – uh, it was last year. Cam Newton was going for a first down, did a somersault, and landed on his neck, like in mm. just during the preseason game. And yeah, of course, it's Cam Newton, so he jumps up and hauls ass to the sideline. But man, dude, that's about enough to make you clench up. Very interesting comment by Jake Delome, Cody. Preseason QBs should wear a red jersey. I, I, I kind of like that in some ways. I think it's a kind of an unfair thing to ask of a defensive line to go 100% and then not be able to really go 100% when it counts. But then, like, what Cody's also saying is, damn, you know who Steve Smith broke his leg or arm, and it was an arm or a leg in a preseason game. Why? He was hurtling a guy trying to get an extra yard on the sideline. The problem sometimes with these players is not the other team. It's them. A flip over the line onto your neck, a black, you know what I'm saying? They can't, and and I understand why. If you you can't drive scared in NASCAR, you know, like you can't be a defensive NASCAR driver, and it's hard for guys who are always the guy like you don't, they don't know how. There is no. It's one. The reason they're in the NFL is because they're one hundred percent all the time. So I don't know if it's realistic. I think this one quarter I'm okay with. I want to see Cam. You know what? If Cam Newton looks is throwing dimes on the first series, bro, and he marches this down this team from the twenty five to a touchdown or even uh, to a field goal, pull. I'm okay. Yeah, even if it doesn't end in a touch, even if they have a good drive and it ends in a field goal, you know, or or, or a close, uh, you know, a fourth down or whatever. Yeah, man, listen, I'm I'm good. Listen, uh, another thing that uh, I didn't mention is that when Kyle Allen, he was missing Curtis Samuel down the field, and boy, was I heated, man, because Curtis was like 
sliding to try and make a make an attempt to catch the ball. I'm like, dog, we are not going to hurt Curtis Samuel for these. I see it was so I far behind him. Man, I was not here for it. I'm saying get get everybody like a solid drive. They normally go for more than just a drive uh, in, their, yeah. In, yeah. In, the, in the third game. Like uh, I suppose they went uh, the full first half and they didn't. Ron didn't like it one year and put him in the third quarter. Yeah, I was like, what in the hell is yeah, going that's on? Just, that's just, yeah, you're making them play an extra game at that point. Like, nah, man, we ain't, we ain't here for that. Teams are trying out different things on offense and defense. I mean, that's why even if you get destroyed in a preseason football game, you really shouldn't care too much. I mean, it's bad, yeah, you you lose, it's bad. But none of these games count. And they, the coaches game plan for games that don't count. They're just testing shit. So That Kyle Allen throw to Curtis Samuel, one, should be exciting for us. You're like, what? Curtis Samuel's oh. wide the hell open. Dustin yeah. is like you know, you can see there was no That's chance for what it was it was Cam could hit that. Cam can hit that. Two, it, we, I'm not upset or uh, even often weird about it because I never thought Kyle Allen was any good. And also it just shows how strong Cam Newton is. Cam yeah. Newton threw that bullet on his knees. And that guy had it, saw it, did try to throw it quick. So he didn't get, like, he wasn't just staring it down. He made the right read. He did all that. He just didn't have what it took, it seemed, to get it there. So we've always said it's Cam Newton or bust. And I think that's why that question you asked me about us potentially losing this, winning the Super Bowl. And Cam, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that's like... like, like, Guys, like, no, you, no. what would you feel like if your family died in a car crash? Car crash, but you lived. Yeah. Hey, what, what if you won the lottery, but your house burned down? This <laughs> <laughs> like, is like, what in the world? Yeah, uh, I mean, you have the money to replace it, but fuck, I had a lot of stuff. <laughs> I know my family photos. All right, the number's two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Podcast is right from Touch in Arizona. Yeah, well, yeah, man, I got to say, that was pretty real. Um, and I did see Eric Washington calling plays from, from the sideline. Okay. Um, I hope that's just preseason and not the regular season because we will absolutely get destroyed if he's defensive coordinator. I'm sorry. He was nowhere near as good as Sean McDermott was. Even when Sean McDermott started off his first couple years, he just doesn't look like he knows what he's doing when he's talking about defensive plays. He doesn't look angry, Tony. He just looks confused, right? Uh, Joey Sly is probably the buffest man on the team besides Cam Newton. And I hope to God that we keep the guy. Um, he got a leg, bro. I mean, he reminds me of like Sebastian Janikowski. Like he can just play for us for the next 20 years. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope we keep him, but probably not going to this is Panther Nation, right? Um, I like Jordan Scarlett. So a little bit of flashiness. I hope he kind of makes a team just because he looks bigger, fresher, and better than the guys we have backing up Christian McCaffrey. And uh, as far as Will Greer, concern about Will Greer. He just looks like he's not even remotely ready to be Camden's backup. I do think we need to go on free agency and kind of look for just just some type of veteran who understands the NFL. 
I'm not ready for Kyle Allen or Tiny Gear, any of those guys to back the Canyon. We just need kind of a solid veteran, I think. There's somebody out there. I think Will Greer maybe will be the equivalent to what Matt Moore was for us back in uh when he was starting games for us. Just a dude, two, three game stretch type of guy. That's probably what Will Greer is going to be. And uh, I'm not too worried about the offensive defensive line. I mean, we we know these guys. We know KK. We know Trey Turner. We know Gerald McCoy. We know we know these guys are going to be just fine. Uh, I'm not worried about them at all. Um, I just hear a lot of people freaking out about uh, preseason games that look ugly. But anyways, McCoy, keep going. Let's go. Talk to you guys soon. Hey. Great call. Cody, things that stick out to me for that call right here. We talked about this earlier with the linebackers and the defense is that it's hard to see what this defense can be and what it truly is without having Luke and Shaq out there. Right. I mean, it's just, it's going to be night and day. And then you throw in those, we don't feel weird about those starters. I kind of am at this point disagreeing with the go get a veteran, this and that. I think it comes down to Cam Newton, Will Greer on the roster, and then you stash maybe. The other two, I don't know if the other guys are practice squad eligible, but who would you rather have, Heineke or Kyle Allen? Ashlyn Rizzo in the YouTube chat says, don't forget Heineke came alive in the preseason weeks three and four, changed the QB lineup picture last year. Not expecting him to, but the chase isn't over. Not that it matters. No good to Hey, look, that's a fantastic comment, and we should point out that Heineke had a damn good game when he came in and started for the team until he got his arm broken. Yeah, behind the terrible offensive line. I mean, listen, even the throw that Kyle Allen missed to Curtis Samuel, I mean, the dude can make that throw. He has arm talent. Kyle Allen has talent, but there's a reason why he bounced around from school to school and then ultimately went undrafted. Um, and then Taylor Heineke, uh, that's, you know, that's another one. Um, uh, he did play more consistent, but, uh, you know, keeping things fair, it was against the third and fourth team defense. Um, but, yeah, to what you're saying, I, I agree that we're not going to know what our defense is unless we have our two primary linebackers. Because even if we're getting quick penetration, I mean, they're just going to kill us with those dink and dunk middle of the field passes that exploit our defense and it's going to be enough to move the chains. So, uh, yeah, we really don't know what our defense is yet. I've never been this hopeful about the Panthers defensive lineup. Um, I think our front is nasty. I think we have talent, but generally have above average talent at every position on the football field, uh, football field, free safety, strong safety, both corner positions, the defensive line linebackers, I mean, you know, other than JV and Elliott potentially starting at nickel, dude, we have talent everywhere on this football team. So, uh, yeah, we're only as good as our linebackers. And uh, it's funny that Cam Newton and Luke Kikri are the two most popular, most important players on our football team because we're in a scenario where if, I, if either of them go down, dude, we're, that's, a, that's tough sledding, man. Tough, tough sledding. Uh, Greg, the Bat Daddy 52, great comment. I think Greer's pro- problem is that he started his playoff beard way too early. Beards can be a source 
of strength if grown properly. Yeah. I think that Greg Greg has a great beard from what I could tell from his profile pic. I do want to plug this. Is my man Greg? He's a great dude. He'll he'll email you right when you need it. Invite you to a fantasy football league or something like that. He's got a podcast guy. It's called the Super Civil Servants Podcast. It's on Stitcher. It's on Spotify. Um, I am not nerdy in the same I am super nerdy actually I'm a historian and I love to read about the past uh, but I'm not the the same nerd you guys are Cody the whole yes, um, yes, superhero all of this stuff and this and that like I like it I feel like I've gotten uh, superhero fatigue at some times but yeah. a couple of things I love about this is number one is Greg loves Batman I'm a Batman guy first like yeah. that's always been my go to Greg's show is really cool, guys, and uh, they do a lot of talk about movies that are iconic. And what grabbed my attention right away was when my man was talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Now that, if that counts in the superhero conversation, count me in. Count me in. I heard they're announcing this. A uh, They're going to be doing an anime version of He-Man. Count me in on that, Cody. Hell yeah. I might hey, be way, a superhero nerd after listen. watching... The boys. Tony, even if you're not a superhero nerd, you're a nerd, dude. We do a podcast every Tuesday night, <laughs> and you're and you're wearing a, a jersey with another man's name on it. Okay, and I'm over thirty. <laughs> Listen, there is no difference between the, uh, you know wearing your face mask. I didn't say it was cool. I just said I wasn't a superhero superhero nerd. No, listen, all I'm saying is that nerd is a good thing. If you're a nerd, that just means you love the shit that you're into. We're football nerds. Uh, me and Greg are also comic book nerds and anime nerds. So, uh, yeah, man, listen, um, I love all nerd content, and uh, Greg does have a great podcast. I'll be joining him on his at some point. But, um, yeah, man, for sure. Shout out to the man. Own the nerd, Tony. Nerd is the new cool. That's what my kid That's told right. me. It's true. It's a hundred percent true, man. I am a nerd. I just I'm, I'm not as cool as you guys in the nerd stuff. That's what I'm really trying to say. All right, next call, right here. Hey, this is Ryan from The one thing I forgot to mention was uh, Brian Burns. I know he didn't get no sack, but just watching him get off that ball, it's fast. He's gonna intercept the handoff. So fast. Yeah, it's like he's gonna be crazy good for Carolina. I say that he's going to be starting probably mid-season. Easily. If, if he blows up, I think it's he's going to probably finish the league with, you know, six to eight sacks. So I'm excited about that. He's right. As if it's a man, if Brian Burns turns out, I'm kind of thinking of the Panthers defense all uh, being awesome. And to in my awesomeness perspective, I haven't even really thought of Brian Burns being a tremendous force. In that, I'm not saying he won't be. I just didn't think he had to be for us still to be fantastic. But if he's fantastic, it's a wrap, brother, on defense. If we can stay healthy in other places, um, I like that a lot, man. He's great. He's a superhero right away already. Um, next call. Hey guys, what's up, C3? This is uh, Matthew Rankin calling you for the first time ever from uh, New York City. Welcome to the show, brother. Uh, I work as a bartender just about every night of the week, so I never get to uh, watch the show live. But I listen every week to the podcast and love what you guys do. 
Thank you. Uh, I sometimes tell you guys with Tanter's questions or comments as rank into the beat on Twitter. And uh, Cody, uh, during the uh, second preseason game, I, I, I mentioned that I had to watch the uh, game cast because we don't get the games up here, so I can't watch those live either. Uh, and by halftime, I was wondering if you would feel comfortable saying that the QB2 is not on the present roster. And at that point in time, you were not prepared to say that. After watching three, almost four quarters of horrendous backup quarterback play, do you still still feel the same way? Do you think that one of these guys can step up and, uh, and, and, and produce if Cam goes out? Or do you feel like it's time to uh, bring in some mm-hmm. veteran backup help? That's the real question uh, right there, Cody, at the end. question uh, is, again, mm-hmm. I, uh, perhaps related to the fact that I am out of market and don't get all of the news. We keep seeing – Here, uh, I'm going to pause it there. We're going to do his – I'm pausing it now, there. Cody, okay. that's the hard-hitting question right there. It's not whether we think it should be Kaepernick or this and that and this and that. But really, is it time to go – and seek something outside the two guys there, or do we just gamble on Cam? See, here's the thing, man. I do think that QB2 is on our roster, even though I don't think that means that they're fully ready to actually be a quarterback too, Um, if if that makes sense. I I don't think that we're going to go out and sign someone. I just don't see us going out and pursuing um, Colin Kaepernick unless David Tepper approves. Uh, after the Eric Reed signing, that he's just okay with it, and he decides he wants to do it. But that is literally the only scenario in which I see Carolina choosing to spend um, money that they really don't have on a backup quarterback. Uh, I, I just think they're gonna kind of, you know, go out with uh, with who they have on the roster with uh, Kyle Allen and and Will Greer, and I think Kyle Allen is probably going to be the number two and and will greer they just drafted him so they're not going to trade him after year one or cut him it just won't happen so um as much as i'm not a fan of it yeah quarterback two is on our roster and no i do not think whoever that is um i don't think they're prepared for the job if it's not cool if it's not if he's not on the roster then it is Colin Kaepernick or are you ready? Because listen to this. Here are all the backup quarterbacks that all the ones that they're gone, right? It's either Colin Kaepernick, Sam Bradford, which no to Sam Bradford, anything. Don't let him anywhere. He will suck all your money dry like a drunken ex-wife. He will take all your money and leave you crying in the end. I'm telling you, no. So here, it's either Sam Bradford, Colin Kaepernick, Brock Osweiler, or Landry Jones. Because Mark Sanchez retired, I can't believe he must be the youngest 32-year-old ever. I felt like Mark Sanchez has been in my life for like two decades. Landry Landry Jones. No, I don't even know if there really is a veteran option. We keep saying that. Is it's Colin Kaepernick or nobody? Yeah, I mean Kaepernick. I mean, everyone, listen. Who if, is it? If we really wanted to get a legitimate backup quarterback, the time to do that was free agency uh, this this past season. 
that time has come and gone. Unless it's Kaepernick, it's no one else. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's just how it is, man. It, we're Cam Newton or bust. That's the way it's been uh, since Cam Newton was drafted. That's the way it is now. All right, here is part two of this, or is this back end of the call? Uh, all these highlights of Cam airing it out to Curtis Samuel, and that's great. And the news media is picking up on how good a camp Samuel is having. And, again, that's great, and we're all expecting fantastic things from Samuel. Uh, my question is, where the heck is D.J. Moore? Mm. D.J. Yeah. Moore ne- I, I, I never shows up in highlights. They never talk about him except to say, oh, yeah, he's doing great. Next question. There, there is no detail given to D.J. Moore. And it's talk about this. Making me wonder just what the heck is going on with him. Uh, he hasn't hurt himself that I've heard. I'm wondering if you guys are being more local and perhaps getting more uh, news can can help an out of town or out. What's going on with him? Do we think everything is going okay there? Okay, guys, uh, that's all I got. Thank you uh, for all the continued good work and keep pounding. The Bat Daddy, he's funny. He said Sam Bradford is the stripper of QBs. You think it's great or the real deal, but it's all about the money. Once he has it, he disappoints you. That's the truth. <laughs> Why is it that every guy wants to believe that a stripper really likes him? That's like the most foolish. It's a psychological thing. All right. To the question about DJ Moore, you take it, Cody. So listen, I've uh, I've kind of already alluded to this. I, I don't think uh, that DJ Moore is a very good route runner. I think that he runs a very lazy routes. I don't want to say this. I don't have any built up hatred or animosity towards any player on the football team. Curtis, I mean, uh, DJ Moore is not a very polished route runner. So, Matthew, thank you for listening and for your call. Imagine you're the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, and you have the option to throw the football to DJ Moore, who might have Dante Jackson in his back pocket waiting to make a play on the football, or you have Curtis Samuel with about five or six foot of separation streaking down the football field. Who are you going to throw the football to? They're going to throw the football to Curtis Samuel. And that's kind of what I've been saying. And we, we've showed some clips before. Uh, DJ Moore has to get better in those cuts. He has to start stopping on the dime and, and really creating separation with the cornerbacks. And a lot of people, um, I know Rich Kingston, him and I were talking on Twitter about, you know, it, once you've been playing football for so long, why doesn't DJ Moore know how to do that? What you know? What what are the chances of him at this point in his career learning how to become a nuanced route runner? A lot of people don't know if it's gonna happen because it hasn't happened yet. So, um, I kind of to answer your question, that's why DJ Moore, in my opinion, hasn't had the highlight reel plays and catches that you've seen from Curtis Samuel. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have value and that we're not going to be able to use him effectively. But Curtis Samuel is just better at everything that you want in a wide receiver. <laughs> Good Lord, you are some can't. Curtis Samuel, you gush over some Curtis Samuel. And I'm not wrong. Yeah, right? Wait, Cody said he wasn't wearing, he could not. 
confirmed that he was wearing pants. And you know he ain't if he's talking about Curtis Samuel. I'm touching the table right now, boy. <laughs> All right. Um, look, thank you for the call. Fantastic call. Thank you for being a supporter of the podcast. I am telling you both to hold your horses. Second, I'm telling you the answers are in the tidbits that our coaching staff has told us. And third, those tidbits are the only thing the beat writers know other than the plays we see on Twitter. So we see everything pretty much. The beat writers do not hold anything back. And what we have seen is this. is just Curtis Samuel has had an exceptional camp. Norv Turner has said his route running has been notably improved. So what you got is a guy who's hitting the third year, the game's slowing down to him. He's starting to get the technique and this and that. He, I think the real story that you haven't heard about DJ Moore is less about DJ Moore and more about how great Curtis Samuels camp has been. Like you said, Hey, you got to go to Curtis Samuels for burning everybody. He's toasting everybody. He's toasting Dante Jackson. He's toasting everybody. Now, here is the comment that North Turner made about DJ Moore. He said, DJ's greatest value is getting is what he does after the ball is in his hands. He said something to that yeah. effect. And what that is indicating, much to what you were saying, Cody, is that some of those more refined part aspects might not be the super strength of his game at this point. Not that they can't be, not that they won't be, but right now, really, the super strength of his game is his playmaking ability, his athleticism. Yeah. So I, I think this is I don't think I think that um they saw what DJ Moore could be in a couple years and that he was good enough right now. I think that if we wanted something different, we would have drafted uh Calvin Ridley. Who yeah. was who is his now is probably the best he's really gonna be. Yeah, and he was a little bit older, and he went to a division rival. Um, he went to a listen, uh, an Alabama. We, picked, we, we had our choice. Of, we had our pick of the litter. Yeah, and we, we picked had DJ. Our choice and they chose DJ Moore. And listen, I'll say something that might not be popular, but in my mind, DJ Moore is the perfect slot receiver because the whole role of, in in that offense or from that position is you can use your offense to scheme them open. If there's tight coverage down the sidelines, then you might have these little avenues where where you're going to be able to get him the ball, and that yards after the catch ability is really going to come into play. I mean, put DJ Moore on a linebacker. I mean, dude, that's a favorable matchup. So, yeah, the yards after the catch is very impressive with him. Um, I just think that your number one wide receiver – is the better route runner, the best route runner on the football team. Because when you know your ins and outs of, of what you're doing, running your routes, you're going to create separation. And I'll be Samuel has that in spades. Oh, yeah. Uh, and again, I think this is what Samuel's doing great, not necessarily what DJ Moore isn't. I think we'll yeah. be able to see a little bit more as we go into the third preseason game. But I just don't remember – DJ Moore being present in the preseason games at all. But that's not surprising because none of the starters really have been present, even if they've been playing. Curtis Samuel was the only one, and the only thing we saw of him was a 
making is a uh, underthrown ball essentially. Yeah, they both. He didn't have one running. other play, I think, that he could have taken to the house or something like that. Yeah, but we, we don't, don't know. know. It's an unknown, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I, look, I'm a like I said, I'm a I'm on I'm on Team Carolina Panthers. Okay, DJ Moore is a Carolina Panthers, so of course I want the best for him. But in my analysis, I have to be honest and just tell you what I see. And he has to be better in that area if he's going to be the type of receiver that you draft in the first round. And that's a that's a number one wide receiver, your number one option on the field. And I don't know if he's ever going to be that. But it doesn't mean he's not valuable. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Give him a little time before we make our conclusions. All yeah. good conversation. All right. Uh, the last... We have that was the end of the call, Cody. Let's do. We got one other thing to do, and that is um, other than the ice up picks. You pointed out this. Here is a clip from Gerald McCoy. What what's this clip from? Tell me what we're about to listen to, Cody. So Gerald McCoy went on the Rich Eisen show, which, by the way, I love Rich Eisen. I think yeah, he's, he's fantastic. One of the best interviewers in all of. Uh, sports media and just interviewers, period. He's like Dan Patrick. Yeah, him and Dan Patrick. And they're good friends. Their shows are like back-to-back or something. Um, but Gerald McCoy went on uh, Dan Pat- or, uh, uh Rich Eisen show, and he was asked about Cam Newton. And, man, dude, I love Gerald McCoy so much already. And the answer that he gave about Cam Newton, like, it honestly, it's like – why hasn't someone put it like that sooner? There have been some incredible teammates to say some great things about Cam. I know Greg Olson does too. But I want you to listen to Gerald McCoy uh, and how he answers this question about uh, about Cam Newton. And I think it speaks to who we know Cam Newton to be. So go ahead and play that up, Tom. All right. But right before we get into the clip, Lynn did remind me that I it's time for us to do the promo for the Keep Pounding T-shirt is this is look at the screen right now i got it pulled up we've done our our t-shirt for we do a yearly t-shirt that we really just make for the fantasy football league and a few extras if some people want to buy uh this year is a commemorative t-shirt we've had this design for months and months on end lynn in the chat room lynn leonhart is is the designer of this i told her that we wanted to do something with the keep and the pounding it's an idea i've had going back to 2012 or 2013 we've been doing this podcast and we've had <laughs> so, so many people have, so many people have uh that have been a part of our show have been from england from jay crier yeah. to rich kingston more people in the background i'm not remembering their names at the point so it's always been important to me uh, that's why i've always thought about this the shirt this year is a keep pounding t-shirt on the front is keep pounding but instead of it pounding with a p it is uh designed with the english pound sign if you zoom in on that there in the middle it says panther invasion 2019 our play on the British invasion of the 60s, we're bringing the Panther invasion of 2019. On the back of this T-shirt is a Black Panther wearing that British soldierly top hat that they got to wear while guarding Westminster. This T-shirt right now, everybody who has purchased a premium membership in the C3 Fantasy Football League is going to get one of these 
but you can go and order one right now. I have it. There's a discount on the website right now. If you go to carolinacatchronicles.com, you click the shop tab and you click T-shirts, this will come up. It is on sale until they're printed. And that is, I could probably call my T-shirt guy and say, add four more to the list, five more to the list. But I'm not forking out money for this uh, because I've got a whole closet full of T-shirts <laughs> right behind me that I, so here's the thing is that there's going to be a few extras. If you guys want one, you can get 10%, 20% off right now. Something like that. Um, go ahead and get one. Look, these are the best quality t-shirt. The next level, the ring spun cotton. I have learned. You don't ever try to save a dollar on a t-shirt. It's just better to get high end. They don't shrink. We've always done that. It's three color t-shirts, expensive print. We're not making any money. Well, yeah, we're not making any money on this. It's just if you want one, it's a one-time printing only that's coming up. So go ahead to carolinecatchronicles.com. Look at this beautiful T-shirt. Keep pounding. Celebrate the 2019 trip to London with your commemorative T-shirt and help support the C3 Panthers podcast. All right, Cody, what do you think about the shirt real quick before we... I love it, this? man. Uh, I mean, what a golden opportunity to make it keep pounding shirt with the pound sign man the, uh, and the british yeah. colors the american colors together you can't say it's british you can't say, i mean it is british looking at it but it's also american i think it's just a testament to how incredibly talented the lovely miss lynn leon hart is uh she is wonderful we love her and she is uh uh she is a light to the c3 panther nation so shout out to lynn you know we love you Thank you very much. All right, let's get into this call right now, or not this call, this clip from Gerald McCoy on the Rich Eisen Show. What did you learn? What have you learned about Cam in the few months that you've been with this organization that you did not know about Cam Newton, Gerald McCoy? What'd you learn about him so far? Oh, uh, that I didn't know. Yeah. Mm, there's some things I can't say. That are all positive things, but you know it's a very <laughs> private locker room. <laughs> okay, but I'm it's going to keep it's positive. I'm going to keep that. Yeah, it's all positive. He's here's what I say about him. Okay, here's what I have learned, which I already knew, but I'll say it for the public. Go for it. There's a, a big misconception about who he is and how he is. He he loves to have a great time, but he's such a caring guy, and he cares about his teammates. Always looking out for his teammates, cares about his teammates, and cares about people. You know, I had a conversation with him and he just says you know he 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 it's hard for him to sit back and see people go without or see people struggle and i think a lot of people don't know that about him how big his heart is and he's just such a great human you know everybody looks at all the antics but that's just him he loves to have a good time and he's unapologetically can't sorry mouth is dry unapologetically camp and that's just who he is and he he's going to be that way and i'm excited to be on his team got tired of chasing him got, be- got tired of chasing him got tired of chasing him. and listen man I, the reason i had tony isolate this uh uh this clip uh is because you know it, it you know you hear stories about cam newton just going out uh in charlotte on a random night during the season uh giving food to homeless people I mean, Cam Newton really does have a huge heart. He's a big kid for a reason, man. He has a big heart. The guy cares. Uh, he's just the type of guy that you want on your team, man. He's 
he's going to put himself in scenarios that other quarterbacks just will not do um, on the football field and off the football field. He's been nothing but exemplary, man. Nothing but exemplary. He's been nothing but uh, the type of player that has represented our football organization but class and tact. Um, you know, regardless of these little Jordan Rodriguez things here and there, these one-off kind of things, Cam Newton has been an exemplary Panther. And, uh, and Gerald McCoy uh, hasn't even played uh, his first game with the Carolina Panthers. He's only been on the team such a short amount of time, and it's already apparent to Gerald McCoy. I mean, listen, you can already tell Gerald McCoy loves being a Panther way more than he ever loved being a Tampa Bay Panther. Uh, yeah, right away. <laughs> and he was great. He was so great for that community and that team in a yeah. way. But, you know, he is excited to be here. And it's the perfect piece of our of our defensive puzzle that we're putting together, man. But um, uh, yeah, the man knows who Cam Newton is, and I feel like um, it was refreshing to hear someone else put it and say it in the way that you and I have said many times on this podcast, Tony. That for all the drama that surrounds Cam Newton, most of it is meaningless, and the dude has been nothing but a class act uh, the entire time that he's been here. I'm still uh, Super Bowl uh, interviews be damned. I, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't even give a crap about that. Yeah, that's my quarterback. That's yeah. my quarterback. The only thing that's bad about Cam Newton is that he has yet to come on the C3 Panthers podcast. Like, that's the only thing. Other than that, it's not even bad. It's just like, please, Cam, we love you. Please. Oh, one day. Oh, listen, listen, the sky is the limit. When it comes to Cam Newton, one day, just put it out there. When it comes to McCoy, a couple of things that are interesting to me are, one, is he's very visible. He's in the media a lot. Now, I think that that shows he's open to being in the media. He's going to be a great commentator if he wants to be involved in that one day. He's very well-spoken. He's very thoughtful. He's very reasonable. And he's got the chops on the football field to back it up, unlike a lot of commentators who are a lot of those different things, but they did never impress us you know, with their play enough to really garner or just undaunted admiration. McCoy, for me, I wonder this, though, is is he being uh, so public, which I think this is true to himself, is he wanting to be a Panther more than a year? And if he balls out like we think he could for one more season, do the Panthers make him a Panther more than one year? All interesting and tough questions to follow. I want those good problems to have. That's what I want. At the end of this yeah. season, I want those good problems. Do we continue to sign Shaq because he led the league and t- led the team in tackles? Do we extend McCoy beyond this year to a three-year deal because he was a dominant force? And he's up. He's getting up there in age too. So it's not like you really going to have some real questions to answer. I think we're in a good spot when it comes to that. So. You guys are listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. We've kind of exhausted the the subject matter for a little bit. We've exhausted our time opportunity here. We have one last segment, the ice up segment, where we tell someone to ice up, to toughen up, to get it together. But before we do that, reminder, please subscribe to the show. If you're listening on iTunes, tune in, Stitcher, wherever you listen, Spotify, just leave a rating. Tell them you enjoy the show. Uh, We're here every week, six uh, every Tuesday or once a week. Six years straight, going into our seven full seven years after this one, we're going to be 
just crushing it. Guys, your support is what makes us want to do this and are along with our nerdiness. Now, Cody, let's get into these ice up picks. We don't got any more football to talk about. Let's see what we got set right here. Can you start us off tonight? Uh, I certainly can. Uh, and tonight, you know, it's funny that you just mentioned nerdy because that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about some more nerdy shit. Uh, so for those of you who haven't seen the Avengers, um, please wake up from under the rock that you've been living. I think they're one of the most popular film series of all times. Uh, but you might, you may or may not know that Spider-Man is now a part of the Avengers, uh, as he should be, as he was in the comics. Uh, and a deal was struck between Disney and Sony. Sony owns the Spider-Man property. And Disney has been essentially leasing him uh, for the Avengers movies. <laughs> well, him. I mean, that's really essentially what it is. Uh, he's still property of Sony. Well, uh, it was reported today that uh, the talks of extending their deal and getting Spider-Man uh, to and Peter Parker to continue to be in the Marvel movies is in uh, dire straits. It's in jeopardy of not happening. So I am icing up Sony Studios, because they had all the opportunities in the world to make a good Spider-Man film, and they almost always fucked it up every single time. Uh, listen, part of the appeal of Peter Parker is that he's a nerd. He's a young guy that has this power. It's him against the world. And uh, the uh, Sony Entertainment, they would just do the same tired retreads and the guy they hired was like a hot guy. Peter Parker is not supposed to be an attractive dude. He is a nerd. That's the word for tonight. Nerd. Nerd. Nerds not nerd. ugly. Not ugly, but they're not confident. You're not supposed to want to to make out with Peter Parker. Okay? <laughs> his comedy and his wit and and everything about him is supposed to endear you to him. It's not his looks. So um, I'm going to uh, hit my tag team here. My, my, uh, my tag team partner, Greg, uh, says, Guest heights up Sony Studios, a dispute over money, causing one of the best characters from the MCU to leave, Tom Holland, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm not going to see any uh, Spider-Man movie produced by Sony. I will not do it. I will not support it. He belongs in the Avengers. He belongs uh, to Tom Holland. The actor is incredible. And that's that's my thing, man. So uh, to Sony Studios, ice up. Let Marvel have it. You don't know what to do with it. F off and ice up. That's right. my ice. Ice up. Okay, my ice up pick is strangely is going to be a weird one in this case. It's going to go to Tory Smith here. All right, and uh, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you upset? Tori Smith put out this. This we're not online anymore, by the way. We're uh, YouTube crash and Shindig says the recording is off. What? Ugh. All right. Damn it. Well, anyway, my ice up pick goes to uh, Tori Smith because of this vi this thing, and it didn't give me the extend record. That's so I'm supposed to have an extend recording button. I, I sent you a little three. notification. Yeah, I hit it. Yes. All right. Uh, anyway, um, 
the it goes to Tory Smith not because because of this image right here. You can't see it if you're listening now on the audio version later, but somebody put a sticker on this. It says it's from Big Bird at Big Bird's brain. He retweets it with a quote. It says, "Would y'all eat this?" Big Bird asks, and it is a Scotch fillet steak. And it and it has a sticker on it. Somebody put went into the grocery store and put a sticker. My name is Chloe. I wanted to live. Your personal choice killed me. Don't buy it. And um, the question on the on the tweet was, would you still eat this? And Tory Smith tweet 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 it. He tweet he quote tweeted it. And he said, medium well with some A1. I'm icing up Tory Smith, not because I disagree with his fact that I would eat this. I would eat it in a heartbeat. Number one, I'm a medium guy, not a medium well. And number two, if it's cooked fantastic, you don't need A1. A1? So Tory Smith, you get a ice up for steak sauce when you could be eating at a restaurant. He probably eats a, a $90 steak, and he's the jerk that puts damn steak sauce on it. He goes to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant and gets a steak, and it's like Kobe beef, and he's like, do you have any A1? And Gordon Ramsay is in there flipping tables in the background. So Tory Smith, ice up. You might get iced up when it comes roster time. It's starting to wonder that a little bit. Where is Tory Smith spotting this? Is it guaranteed? I think he will be it. I like Tory Smith, but boy. A1, ice up. I saw. <laughs> Are you listening yeah. to C3 Panthers podcast? You don't know it because you're not watching it, but the YouTube window is crashed. So we are talking to you alone. You can subscribe to the show uh, and you can smash the thumbs up button if you're watching on Facebook, wherever you're at. Uh, leave us a rating and check out our buddy Greg's, the, the Bat Daddy 52. Um, and that I think is his Twitter handle as well. Uh, check out the Civil Servants podcast. It's great. I think uh, I'm going to, he's asked me to be on it for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, Part 2 episode. I'm so excited about that. I got a ton to say about that. Uh, great movie. Great movie. I love those movies too, man. I grew up with that shit. Uh, at the only the bad, bad one was the Japanese one. I like that too. But everything's <laughs> good. Everything's good when you're a kid. Yep. When you're young, dumb, and impressionable. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Talk to me about anything. I'm bullshit about a lot of different subjects. Uh, just hit me up. All right, man. Uh, we'll check you out. Something went wrong. We'll figure it out. Have a good night, folks. Good night. Keep pounding. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.